Hey, thanks for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you that's gonna touch your life today, right now. So grab your pens, grab your paper, and get ready to receive a life-changing word. If you're with us this morning, we commend you for sticking with us through this season. The consolation has been removed, and now you gotta keep driving the plow regardless, believing for the harvest because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. God needs laborers to work the fields to reap his harvest. It's so good just to be in God's presence. Even in a basement, the sun is shining. That means there's hope for tomorrow, that the season we're in is just that, a season. is temporary, and all seasons change. So good news is coming. We are so thankful. And before you're seated this morning, I want to give you my passage. We preached a series on this last year. And this is so bad. I can't remember the series name. But we did a series over the book of Philippi when Paul was on house arrest, writing to the Philippian church where he had planted a church. And now the church that he poured into is lifting him up from afar. If you go to chapter two, verses one through four, it's only four verses this morning. How many know the word of God is not about volume? It's about introspective revelation. And if you cruise through the scripture, you'll miss the meat. It's not about how fast you read. It's about that you read with an open heart and be consistent in God's word. And that's when God reveals something new. I've read the Gospels probably a few hundred times at this stage in my life, and I still get something new every time. So I encourage you to read and reread and reread and ask God to open your heart. But Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, Therefore, if, any, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy... Fulfill my joy, being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Touch your neighbor, tell him, better than himself. Verse 4, let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Touch your neighbor again and tell him the interests of others. You may be seated in God's presence. See, Paul was on house arrest. And out of all the epistles that Paul wrote, this one was different. This one showed a type of affection that the theologian was not used to revealing through his, his word. And this showed that he had a heart for these people and they were considered friends. And he missed his community in Philippi. If you're new with us today, we encourage you to join us three times, whether it's online or in person. It doesn't matter. We believe if you encounter one seat church three times, God's going to change your life. I believe it or I wouldn't preach it. If y'all, whoever does the Facebook thing, I know a lot of you are watching from Facebook. Anybody that's willing to check in is greatly appreciated. We are thankful for that. We are thankful for your continued giving to support this ministry. And if you want to share the live experience, there's people out there that are far from God that we believe one seed will land on their heart today and God will give the increase. 
But here we are, we're six weeks into this corona setback. We're six weeks in, and it was kind of fun at first when it was all online. It was like a party. But as expected, the party fades and the newness wears off. And, and it becomes labor. And, and, and when you are distant from your, your community, you can become isolated. And so we, we tried to do things to offer other avenues to stay in community with each other. And we did, we did some new O groups, and they were really cool. We did a live. If y'all missed it, you missed it. Don't miss it because it's a good thing. It's there to bless you, and you're missing out on a blessing when you miss it. Can I get an amen on that? But the people that had joined, it lit us up because it brought us back into community. You can't do it alone. You weren't meant to do it alone. And as time went on, even those situations tend to dwindle because they're digital and they're not meant to replace physical community. They were never meant to replace physical means. The digital world that we are using right now to bless God's word on people's hearts was not meant to replace the physical world of community in God's house. It wasn't meant to do that. It's a strong plan B is what it is, but it is not the recommended way of the Lord because you were meant to be in community. And so now that we've been in this for weeks and weeks and weeks, some of y'all are starting to feel the weight of the plow. Some of y'all are starting to feel the newness has worn off, and this is like being a laborer for Jesus. That's a good thing. God's going to expose something new to your heart when you feel that. You were meant to feel that. See, it's just natural as people, we desire to give to others, be around others, and express ourselves to others. And when that privilege has been taken away, we feel trapped I don't know about y'all, but I've been feeling more trapped than ever in three years because of this preaching thing. It's just not the same. And I've been feeling like God's God's got something in here. And it's 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 weird letting it out to a camera. And I have had to remind myself that this is the season we're in and you feel trapped in isolation. If somebody else feels trapped right now, I just throw an an amen or something in the Chat, let, let, let me know I'm not the only one feeling trapped right now, but God's doing something. It's a privilege to be around you all. It's a privilege to be around people. It's like our freedom has been removed. God bless all those who serve our country, whose freedoms have been removed at times to keep our freedom protected. God bless all those nurses and doctors and, and people on the front lines now of this COVID-19 that are risking themselves to keep our freedom of health protected. See, we take the freedoms for granted until they're stripped from us. It makes us pay attention that, wow, I really needed that. I didn't know it needed that. It, it's like the ability to just hug your parents who live next door is stripped from you, and it hurts. It hurts. We were meant to pour our affection into others, and we do it all the time, and we don't even realize, we don't even realize that until a disruption such as COVID-19 It's so easy to just get used to being blessed, but could you be forgetting what the blessing really is and where it came from to begin with? And this season is a reminder of who is blessing us. That's God. God is blessing our lives. When we serve him, when we don't, God is blessing your life. When you love him, when you don't, Jesus is blessing your life. When you love him, when you don't, he loves you anyway, even in this season, even when he feels far.
He is near. And I believe God is revealing a greater need for gathering than ever before. You think I preached hard about not coming to church before? I used to make jokes about people only watching online. I have never been more convinced in my life that the, that the, the need for God's people to gather is more important now than ever. And this is a sign that it's critical, not only for eternal purposes, but because we were meant to do this thing called life together. It's his will that we be together. It's his will that in order to grow spiritually, we have to grow together. My title today is Called to Community. Called to Community. And I'm just going to ask God to touch this word real quick. Father, we come to you right now in your mighty name that you touch this word, that it comes out right and that it lands on hearts the way you'd have it land, God, and that it roots something in someone new today that was laying dormant, that now something is starting to flourish out of their heart, God, for your glory. Touch this word right now. Have your way in this place. We believe it and we consider it done when we say, so be it, amen. How many watch game shows? Well, you know, they used to come on like when we stayed home from school, The Price is Right, The Wheel of Fortune. And what do they call the, the gifts they give when you don't win like the good gift? They call it a consol consolation prize, Bob. Anybody? Consolation prizes, anybody remember? You know, you know, like you got this close to winning the new Corvette and the trip for two to the Caribbean, and instead you got a high five, a pat on the back, and a Starbucks gift card. It's not the same, is it? It's not the same. It's a consolation prize. It's to bring a little bit of comfort, but it's not the same as winning the real thing. And we're in this season of lack of consolation. That's the problem. We're so used to being consoled to, to, to get by that when you take away our comfort or consolation, we don't know what to do with ourselves. We start freaking out. We start freaking out because we didn't know we had so comfort, so much comfort with the two-ply. We didn't know we had so much comfort with the pork steaks. We didn't know we had so much comfort with the sanitizer and the masks and all the things. We didn't know until they were stripped from us. And now we're starting to be zoomed out. Oh, y'all don't know what I'm saying. How many know what I'm saying? We're getting zoomed out. We're tired of being on Zoom because we want to be together for the real thing. It's a, it's a plan B. It's not God's way that we live this way. But God's doing something. We're zoomed out. But we're going to keep zooming until God brings us back to the fields in person. It, it, it kind of creates a little bit of comfort because we've lost our community of friendships, family, drive through windows, movies, loved ones. When you strip that away, remember Paul is in house arrest here. He's on house arrest. He is stripped away in isolation. Far greater circumstances than we are in right now. Let's keep that in perspective. Does it suck right now? Yes, it does. I shouldn't say that in a sermon, but sometimes it just comes out. But, but Paul, remember, it's perspective. How much worse can it be? Paul is in isolation. Not, this is not his only time he's this way. It's multiple times. And he says, if there is any consolation or comfort in Christ any comfort. He's telling them, be of good cheer. Remember where your comfort 
comes from. Because I, Paul, if I can be comforted knowing this in my isolation, I didn't even get my consolation prize. My only consolation I need is in Jesus Christ. No matter till death do us part, that is my consolation in times of isolation. So we're stripped away right now in this season of of consolation. And so now we've started to become isolated and we're losing our support system. We feel isolated with me, myself, and I. And what do we do when these comforts have been removed? I mean, like I said, it was cool. Everybody's doing it. Church is fun online. It was new. And now you have to plow through. Keep plowing, the Bible says. Keep plowing, the Bible says. Being a church is an act of community. We move together. The church is the body of Christ, the people. It never had anything to do with a place. Never. It's the bride of Christ, his people, his body, the ones who replace him on this earth to touch the lost and to reveal the greatest gift of love ever in the history of mankind. That is the mission of the church. So the church is still here and the church is still plowing. Amen? Come on, somebody. If you feel it, let me know. Some of us have been isolated, though, well before COVID-19. You could be all alone in a crowded room up here. All alone in a crowded room. Because when you can stay isolated up here, nothing can fix it. The enemy loves nothing more than attack you when you're all alone up here. That's where we're attacked. That's where we're distracted. And I've, I've been in some times in my life where I'm in front of people having a conversation. I don't remember a thing they said, like my kids or my wife. Sorry about that. But I don't remember a thing they said because I am plagued by this isolated thought that I can't get out of my mind. And there comes points where that's why you got to get in your Bible and you got to get in your word because you can forget the simple and obvious solution. And that's to get your mind somewhere else. It's done with. Quit dwelling on the things you can't control. That's why we need community. Because isolation strips us off that support system we're used to having. And some of y'all have been doing that way longer to yourselves. We call it stinking thinking. Quit stinking thinking. It's not going to bless you. It's not going to help you. Don't overthink it. I've had conversations with people and they just keep repeating the same thing over and over. They just keep telling the problem over and over. At some point, you got to say, quit talking about it. Okay, we know that's that. But if you want resolution, you got to speak life into the situation. You got to speak blessing into the situation. My words are spirit and they are life, says Christ. As you speak it, things change. And in isolation, that consolation can feel lost. Sometimes we run to isolation on purpose because it keeps us in that comfortable, stinking thinking. You know, you can be comfortable being a negative person. You can be really comfortable being full of hate. You can be really comfortable being full of judgment. And when you stray from what's normal, your consolation is actually a bad thing and it should be lifted from you. But when, you, when, you're, when you're used to being that way, you're going to run back to that. And when, you're, when you get pulled aside by someone who's trying to bless you, what do we do? We run back to isolation so we can stay that way. We just 
play this game with ourselves, but we're hurting ourselves in the end. In isolation, consolation can feel lost. But we have to remember what, cre- what creates our comfort. Paul says, therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, underline it, highlight it, circle it, scribble over it, in Christ. If there is any consolation in Christ, in Christ, the consolation is in Christ. Well, how are we going to get back to normal? We're not broken right now, people. It's just different. Church is not broken right now. It's just different. The world is not broken. It's different. Things are different. It's a new season. It's new. The church hasn't changed. It's just how we present church has changed a little bit. The mission is the same. The will to love people and the mission to love people is the same in and outside of church walls. It's not broken. It's just different. Together is how we recognize the unique gifts God has put in us individually. And we have to have community to do that. So we can do it differently and be okay. Because remember, our, our comfort is not in these things. It's in Christ. Our consolation is in Christ. We have to love outwardly through any avenue we can find. Maybe your gift is just to write notes to somebody at a restaurant. Tell them Jesus loves them. Maybe your gift is to drop a gift card at Starbucks in the drive-thru to the person behind you. Maybe your gift is just to say hello and pray you have a nice day and just plant a seat. Maybe that's your gift. It's okay. You don't have to have the gift that your neighbor has. But together, through that common denominator of the mission, we do it together. We move together. We grow together. It doesn't, it doesn't work when we do it independent of each other. It's on our vision statement because we mean it. We've got really faithful people that are off in the dark all the time. I haven't seen them in six months. We need you, man. We need you because you've got something that God has put inside of you that you're just keeping in your corner of your house. God says, no, now is the time. What do I have to do? Strip away every privilege the world has to show you that I need you to use the gift I have put inside you, says the Lord. The church needs each other. You are not insignificant. You are not unqualified. You are called to do his will when you are aware of the truth of the gospel. And we are aware. And we are ready. And we are ready to fight this battle. And we're fighting and we're going to keep fighting. We are to love outwardly others. And that takes community. Defined by that common denominator, we call it unified. The Bible says one mind, one accord. We are to be in coherent uh, accord with each other, not have separate cooks in the kitchen. That's not what it's about. It's about being unanimous in the mission and leading the charge through the fields. And I can't care for you, the act of caring, I mean really care for you, like, like go, go help take care of you if I'm not in community with you. You know, we say things like, well, I care, do I care about world hunger? Absolutely. Do I care about people in general? Absolutely. But I'm talking about like care for you, like the nurse is caring for your sickness. Like we can't care for somebody we're not in community with because we don't know they're there. That's why community matters. That's why this season we're in is only for a season because God would not leave his people in this season because it's not the way he designed it to be. We were designed to be in community. You know you can get numb to it. You can get hard that you think you got to figure it out and that you don't need people. But that's the devil's lie. And I was thinking, yeah, it's not really bothering me that bad. I'm keeping it together good. 
I'm keeping it together good. I got to be the strong one. I'm keeping it together good for my house as a leader of my house, as the man of the house. I'm keeping it together until one day my first niece shows up at my folks. They live next door. I know it's different. It's not Raymond. It's not the Raymond show. It's the Gwaltney life. And, um, <laughs> and, and she shows up. This is my first niece. She was born September 4th, 1990. It was the first day of sixth grade. I remember because my brother had to take me to school in his black IROC Z. Thank you, bro. Because my sister was in labor at the hospital and I was so excited to have this baby because I never had a little sister or brother. I was the baby and I was still, I was only 12. And, and what was I, 12? I was 12. Oh Lord. I was 11 about to turn 12. I don't know. Anyway, she was born and I was so excited. My first niece, my baby girl was born. It was like I had a, a little baby sister and I would change her diapers. Yes, I would. Even though my dad had never touched one of those things. I was changing her diapers at 11, 12 years old. I was putting her to sleep and I was just loving my new little baby niece, even though it felt like my sister and so she's grown up now, and she's married. you got two kids and everything, and it's all good, and they have lives of their own. And she shows up one day with this puppy. And I'm thinking, oh, there's Brittany. Cool, no big deal. And she, we're, you know, we couldn't really be around each other at the time. It was, you know, the coronavirus, go figure. And, um, and so she comes up to the window, and we're in the window, and my kids are like, oh, daddy, it's a puppy. I'm like, yeah, it's better than a cat, isn't it? And um, I don't like cats, if you haven't noticed by now. And, and, and so, so we're in the window, and, and we crack in the window, and, and there's my niece. And I had this, like, flashback to my, my niece. See, I went numb thinking, thinking I don't feel nothing. But when my niece was there, she was just showing love to us with her new puppy because she missed us and you could tell. And right then I felt my heart be overwhelmed of how badly I really do miss the community of my own family. And you know what's funny? We don't even see each other that much. But knowing that I can't see them when I want to, it hurt even more. And in that very moment, it opened up my heart to show how starved I was for community. I was starving, emotional. So Brittany, if you're watching, I love you. Thank you for bringing the puppy by. And I am jealous. Maybe one day we'll get a puppy. Right now we'll stick to stuffed animals. Like all the ones watching church right now. Y'all don't even know. We got a full house right now. It's the fullest it's been, full of stuffed animals. <laughs> but church is not broken. Our life is not broken. It's just different right now. It's just different right now. And good news, church, it's just for a season. How do we heal? So how do we heal in a season? We're starving for community. How do we heal? Well, first of all, we know change is coming. Come on, somebody. Throw me a couple of hearts for that one. Because change is coming by the promises of God. God is coming for his people. Secondly, to heal yourself, you've got to give yourself to others through love and mercy, whatever avenue you can find, moral avenue, come on now, that's not love. In good love, we're going to find whatever avenue we can to give of each other. Because he says, verse 4, let each of you not only for his own interest, but look out also for the interests of others. It says, it says let us esteem others better than himself. Paul is very clear here. Love your neighbor as yourself. Greater is he than what I can do for my neighbor. 
Reconcile with your brother before giving any gifts to the altar, bringing any gifts to the altar before the Lord. Reconcile and show love. That's how we heal from this, is we remember where we're going, we remember where we came from, and we remember all the good things we have right now, like someone coming to your window just to say hello with a puppy dog. It's that simple. We can heal outward as we give of ourselves through love and mercy. And that outward expression to others determines the inward renewal of our heart and mind. If there be any consolation in Christ, he says, if there be any gift, any comfort from Christ, let it be this. And then he goes on to say that. By lifting up your brothers and sisters, we let God in to heal our internal wounds. Some of y'all right now been hurting for years. This corona thing ain't nothing to you because you've been so damaged for years. By lifting up each other right now, this week, you can let God in to heal your wounds. When you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to the king, says the Lord. When your best interest is my best interest and your best interest is what I have at the top of my list, my interests go up. Without my internet, without my phone, without even my emojis on my chats, I've got something greater. I've got Jesus Christ for consolation, for comfort. I can never be truly alone when I am in Christ because together we are one. I am in him, he is in me, we are one. So I'm never alone as I feel. I don't live by feelings, I live by the word of God, which is truth, and truth doesn't change. The promise doesn't fade. The promise doesn't change. I may not be able to call you right now because I don't have your number, but feel free to text it. Uh, I may not be able to go high five you right now, or Michelle may not be able to high five you right now, or Nolani may not be able to go high five you right now, but we can do something great that's often underestimated. And that's what we can be in prayer together right now and through this season. God keeps his body connected through prayer. And I can pray with you and I'm gonna pray for you. We got exciting things happening. We got new babies coming in to this church. We're growing the church. Shout out to Clinton Carly. We're growing the kingdom. Thank you for that. We've got prayer needs. Thank you, God, for touching Dennis right now. Dennis is doing better. God, continue to touch Dennis. Heal his situation. Let it not come back. And let him be revealed of your good love and mercy that never fades. And let there be revelation in this experience for him. We are called, church, to community. If you can stand with me right now. I can't see you. So if you can just say amen or I'm standing on the chat. That'd be super. The new season is coming. And we're going to look back on this and go, remember, remember that. Remember we had to go through that? That scared us? At the end of every year, we do a year in review video. And I was telling Cameron, man, our year interview video is going to be a little different this year. How can we avoid this? God says, you can. 
And I wanted that in the video, says the Lord, because I want people to remember when the harvest comes and they're full and plenty and stuffed of goodness, they remember where I brought them from. That the children of Israel remember where I brought them through, that I brought them through Egypt, through the desert, into the wilderness, into the promised land, that I brought them according to their willingness to move. You step I step, says the Lord. We are, called, we are called to move. We are called to community. And as the community of believers in Christ, we move for the mission. Be blessed this day in Jesus' name. God, we come to you in your mighty and precious and healing and miracle working name, Jehovah saves. Jesus, the Christ, the plan of redemption for, made fruition through the promise from the beginning. God, we are so thankful that you should come and redeem us by the shedding of your blood, God. That you have not only made atonement for our sins, but you are making atonement in cleansing this land right now. We are flattening the curve, the spiritual curve, God. We are getting people in a new spirit, in a new life to see the season is coming that we are going to shout our praises and shout for joy and they made jokes about about how it's going to look when we go back to church but i know god the roof is going to light up on that place because the spirit moves and where the spirit is there is liberty and we're tired of feeling like paul and paul was tired of feeling like paul and we know that we are blessed even in our captivity even in our isolation but we rejoice because we know that life bearing new season is coming and we shall praise the lord for that today yesterday tomorrow and forever and if the house of god could say in jesus name amen hey thanks again for joining us for today's message I pray God spoke to your heart directly and left you with a word that's leaving you blessed and encouraged throughout this upcoming week. If you'd like to partner financially with us, you can go to 1cchurch.org giving. 